Hi friends, it's Pastor Jennifer Hodson from Bryan Community Church here in Bryan, Texas. And I just welcome you if this is your first time visiting. Um, I'm so glad that you are joining us. Uh, this is the time in which I record um, what it is I preached on uh, the previous Sunday. And so um, this is the Sunday after Easter, but I'm still wishing you a happy Easter because uh, if we believe in Jesus, um, ascending, or excuse me, uh, rising from the dead, later, of course, ascending to heaven. But if we believe in the resurrected Lord, then every day um, we should be wishing one another a happy Easter because we are a resurrected people. And so uh, I encourage you to take some time. You can uh, find us online at briancommunitychurch.org. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook. would love to connect with you. If you have any questions, go ahead and send um, me an email at info at briancommunitychurch.org and I uh, would love to just uh, know where you're joining us from or how we might pray for you as a community. Uh, I want to begin this message today just kind of um, asking you to, to stir your brains here for a moment. You might already know this, um, but I started my message by asking my congregation if they knew some of these statistics or um, some trivia uh, questions. So first of all, um, Thomas Edison, do you know how many times he had to fail before he invented the light bulb? 1,000 times. Imagine that. Or Franklin Roosevelt, you know, he, um, he was partly paralyzed at the age of 39, yet um, that did not stop him from being one of our nation's greatest presidents. And then there was Albert Einstein. My goodness, this man was incredibly intelligent. But did you know that he didn't start to speak until he was four years old? When he was in grade school, his teachers thought that he was lazy. And then, um, of course, he proved everybody wrong by creating uh, the theory of relativity, as well as making uh, large contributions to um, quantum mechanics. So. Uh, you know, when people have doubts in you, you better watch out because, um, you know, you can certainly prove them wrong as he did his teachers. And then there was Steven Spielberg. Steven uh, did not make it into a USC. Um, instead, they rejected him. Um, of course, he proved the university wrong as he became one of the greatest filmmakers. And in fact, uh, they ate their decision because later they would give him an honorary degree. Now, you could probably add other people, even people that you know, to this list of men or women who um, pursued greatness. Uh, however, they had other people who um, had opinions that um, told them that they couldn't, or maybe they had fears and doubts and failures. We can probably think a number of people, though, who did not let uh, adversity stand in their way. Well, added to this list today, I would like um, for you to think about, <clears throat> excuse me, one other person uh, who you might not ever include on this list because he always got a bad rap, and that is the disciple Thomas. And so I want you to keep that in mind as I read uh, our passage today. It's from John chapter 20, verses 19 through 31. <coughs> excuse me, and then uh, we'll come back and we'll kind of talk about maybe why Thomas should be added to a list of men and women who didn't let fear define them. Uh, so from 
John chapter 20, this follows uh, the resurrected story when the disciples and Mary went and they found that the tomb was empty. Mary went to Jesus. Jesus appeared um, before her. She held on to him and he said, don't hold on to me. Instead, go and tell the disciples that you have seen the Lord. And so she was one of the very first evangelists. Go, Mary. Uh, but here, later in the daytime, we encounter this passage. So again, this is still on Easter Sunday. Um, it reads, on the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples, they were overjoyed with what they had seen, that they had seen the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now, I want to stop here just for a moment and let you know that not all of the disciples were present in this moment. Uh, Judas, um, he was no longer with them. And then, of course, um, we're going to find here in a second that Thomas was not present at this first encounter with Jesus. And so as we continue to read, it says, Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples, they told him, we have seen the Lord. A week later, a week later, a week following Easter, here we have Jesus again. Um, his disciples were in the house, and Thomas now was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your fingers here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas, he wanted to see that, that Jesus really had been raised from the dead, of course. This is where he gets um, the, the nickname Doubting Thomas because he said, I want to put my hands um, where the nails were in his hands and in his side where he was pierced. When Jesus appeared, he said, peace be with you. Put your fingers here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my Side, stop doubting and believe. And at this, Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. And then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now, perhaps, um, perhaps you can connect with this story. Maybe you too have uh, struggled with believing in the resurrection. And if that is you, um, know that you're in great company, especially with some of the greatest and closest to Jesus. Uh, and again, as I said, the scripture takes place at two different times and places. The first on Easter day, uh, and then later, a week later. And there's, there's some things that I want to point out. Um, the, the disciples, we can just imagine what they had been feeling. I mean, for the last three years, they left everything that they had and they were following Jesus, that he was their great leader, um, their comfort. This is what they knew. And then, you know, just three days earlier, uh, they witnessed an excruciatingly painful death of, of him. Many of them dispersed and hid because they were afraid they were going to be next. And actually, I think that's exactly what was taking place here. That um, if you notice in verse 19, it says, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, 
the disciples, they were afraid that, that they could be next, that they were afraid that the Jewish leaders, as well as maybe even the Romans, uh, would come in and, um, and take them and crucify them as well, or, or perhaps stone them to death. We can imagine how traumatizing this would have been for them. And there's something I want to point out, though, especially as we think about who Jesus is, uh, who he was then and who he still is for us today. Um, Jesus did this for disciples who were overwhelmed by fear. He gave his presence. Jesus went and he made himself known to them. He didn't leave the disciples who were going through a difficult time. He didn't leave them. He made himself known. And then also, um, he provided them with comforting words. He said, peace be with you. Peace be with you. And this is something that I just want to take a moment and say, if you know somebody who's going through a difficult time, maybe something that is traumatizing uh, within their life and their family at work, at home, what, whatever it is that they're going through, uh, maybe with their, their health, be like Christ, be his hands and feet. And just be a simple presence. Sometimes you don't even have to, to say anything. Or if you do say something, make sure that your words are comforting, are full of love and compassion and sincerity. Because that's who God is. And that's exactly what Jesus did for the disciples that first day of the resurrection. He said, peace be with you. Let's bring peace um, to a traumatized people, to a traumatized friend or family member, a child or adult. But then Jesus also, uh, as he's gathered, he sends the disciples on a mission. He says, go out. Um, and he said, and I'm still not going to leave you because I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. And of course, he breathes the Holy Spirit on them. Uh, if we remember in Genesis, it was God who breathed life into Adam. And Jesus brings life to the disciples again. So he doesn't leave them in a state of trauma, but instead he, he brings um brings them a state of hope and peace through his words and his actions and of course the indwelling of the holy spirit now he says all of this to the disciples all except for one as i pointed out except for thomas thomas wasn't here he he missed it the first time um, and so he again appears again and brings his presence and these words for thomas he he shows them his hands and his side but this is where I want us to, to really kind of think and imagine for a moment. And it doesn't say specifically. So this is, this, is just, um, this is just something maybe hypothetical, but yet I think incredibly powerful um, as we read this passage and start to ask ourselves some questions. Notice that all of the disciples on that first Easter, they were all hiding out of fear. All of them except one, and that was Thomas. And I wonder why. And as we continue to, to wander and ask that question, you know, why was Thomas not there? What was he doing? I want to point a few things out about Thomas, particularly in the Gospel of John. Thomas, out of all the other Gospels, Thomas in the book of John, He's mentioned three times, and when he's mentioned, this is where we, we can gain um, knowledge or, or we can put him on the list of people uh, who didn't let fear stop them. Because the first time that Thomas is mentioned, it's after the death of Lazarus. Uh, Jesus finds out that his friend had died, and Jesus wants to go back to Jerusalem, and he wants to raise Lazarus from the dead. 
Now, the disciples, the disciples did not want Jesus to do this. He was afraid that if Jesus went back to Jerusalem, that he would be stoned to death, that, um, that people would get angry and um, he would get hurt, maybe even killed. All the disciples said no, except for Thomas. In fact, these are the words that Thomas said. He said, no, let us go that we might die with him. That doesn't sound like a man who's frightened. In fact, I would say that that sounds like a friend who is committed to Jesus. It sounds like that he's a committed follower, a courageous man and a courageous leader for him to speak up against the disciples and say, no, I'm Let's go with him. Let's go with Jesus, no matter what it is that he faced, no matter how difficult it might be. And then uh, the second time in which Thomas is mentioned is in John chapter 14. Jesus, he's beginning to prepare the disciples for his departure. Um, he's preparing them a place in heaven and the disciples are asking questions. And Thomas is one of those who asks the question. He's like, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? We don't know where you're going. How, how, how can we go with you if we don't know? In other words, Jesus, show us, tell us. Because if there's um, any, any uh, connection from this story to the last time, Thomas spoke up here. Thomas wants to go. He wants to follow Jesus. He wants to know where it is that Jesus is going so that he can go with them. And then the third time that we encounter Thomas is in our scripture passage today. And he's not there the first week, but he is seven days later, which makes us ask that question. Why? Where was he? And I, and I think maybe if all the other disciples were, were afraid, maybe Thomas wasn't. Maybe Thomas wasn't hiding at all. Maybe Thomas was going and doing as Jesus had called him to go and do. Maybe he, like Jesus, and for the past three years, he's been witnessing Jesus' love and care for people. I wonder if Thomas was actually out healing and bringing good news and, and visiting those in prison or filling uh, stomachs that were hungry or helping those who were sick. Maybe Thomas was living out, as he said earlier, let us go and die with him. Maybe instead of hiding, he actually stepped up and did as he was taught to do. Now, brothers and sisters, you know, again, this is me reading into the text. We don't know. But if this were a true statement, what's that say to us? Who are we going to be? Are we going to be the disciples that hide in fear? Or are we going to say, you know what, whatever fears we have, whatever anxieties, whatever people are threatening about us, um, or whatever opinions are being said about us, we're going to place those to the side and we're going to go out and we're going to do as God has called us to do. And this can happen in any area of our life, really. Um, maybe it's you know, signing up for a particular class or school or applying for a job opportunity. Maybe instead of hiding in fear, God's calling us to go get out there. I've given you certain gifts and I want you to use them. Go. And I'm with you because we have the Holy Spirit with us. My presence is with you. 
And maybe instead of letting our fears hold us back, instead we take the risk to speak up and speak out against something maybe that we know is not right. Or maybe instead it's to speak up for something that we know is right and should be said and should be heard. Maybe it's sharing our faith with a colleague or a friend. Or maybe it's getting to know someone that, that we don't know, that maybe it's not like us. I don't know. And then, of course, as I'm planning a new church, um, it makes me, you know, ask the question, do we need to be trying something new in worship? Are fears um, holding us back? Are we so outside of, um, are we so just, you know, worried to get outside of our comfort zones that we're missing out on an opportunity? Maybe as a new church, we're being called to reach people who are not like us, maybe from a different race or class or have different likes or interests. Maybe it's to begin a new ministry or maybe church for a new church plant is gonna look different than any other church that we've known in our past. But we can't let fear stop us. No matter who we are and what we're doing in life, we cannot let fear hold us back. You know, the disciples, now we know because we have the greater picture that, that they didn't let fear finally hold them down. Instead, they became uh, the greatest evangelists for the Christian faith for Christ. And, um, you know, all of them but one uh, died a martyr's death because they were so in love with Jesus and so committed and faithful to their calling. But, you know, they, they didn't start out that way. You know, that, that fear held them back. So what would have happened if they just went out right away? Why, why waste the time? Why not just get started? And so that's what I want you to think about today. And, and this is something that I encourage the congregation to think about. You know, as committed disciples, are we going to allow fear to stop us? Or instead, are we going to be like Thomas? As he stated, you know, a few chapters earlier, no, I'm going to die with him. Let us go that we might die with him. Let us be so committed that no matter where God calls us to go, who God calls us to reach, that we are going to do it at all costs, no matter what anybody says, no matter what obstacle might stand in our way, no matter how frightening it might be. No. Let us go and that we might die with him. No. Let us go that we might be the people Christ calls us and has created us to be. Brothers and sisters, I pray that you continue to love God, love people, and share hope with the world. Thanks for joining us. Mm -hmm.